What's up, guys? This is episode number 176. 76. We think. We think. We've had a little break, haven't we? So we're not sure. I'm pretty sure it is. Let's just go roll with it. We're just going to roll with it. It's an episode yeah. <laughs> of Fitter Food Radio. Um, and of course, you've probably forgotten. My name's Matt. And I'm Karen. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a while. It has. It's probably a big understatement. Yeah, big apologies. Well, we've had a lot going on. We've had a lot going on. Um, and we've been meaning to get back to the podcast for a while for, for a few reasons. Because, A, we, we have always loved doing them, like, genuinely. Um, and we've had some really amazing, like, messages, like, where's the podcast? And, which has been lovely, hasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, we have just had a... It's been a mad couple of years. And we thought maybe we'd use this return episode, if you will, to, to give you guys a bit of an update and an insight into what's been going on in the world of fit of food and if you can put over a year into an hour podcast it might have to be level in of parts. detail that you always require i, I will be very impressed nothing's <laughs> changed i must say in, in the two years we've been absolute guys still, i'm still a waffler There's still been a lot of detail yeah <laughs> um but we we put a thing out on instagram the other week and we just said like you know the podcast is coming back um shall we just continue from where we left off or should we start afresh um, new name, new everything, mainly because, like, we, you know, we have evolved, haven't we, over yeah. the years? And even our podcast, Fit of Food Radio, evolved as the episodes went on, you know, not only in our approach, but I suppose even the, the style of the podcast. Like, we went from being very much like, this needs to be the subject of this podcast, and it was very education-led, wasn't it, initially? Yeah. But then I think over time, it kind of became much more conversational. And it did still be education in there but yeah. it was more of a more of a chat wasn't it and because i always i always had a fear i think that if we started out as an educational podcast that's what people tune in for and they might be disappointed just to hear mm. me and you kind of chatting but then often what we were talking about was hopefully helpful in some way anyway yeah but i know for a long time we kept, we kind of pulled in different directions didn't we where i think i wanted to make it more education based you were quite keen to make it more conversational based and yeah well then it kind of became a bit of a hybrid of the two so it kind of yeah it just worked out yeah I and feel. often we keep, we now keep having the reason we're back is we keep having these conversations because you're sometimes in london most of the week so we're not together and we'll have a conversation about something it can be something like intermittent fasting or it could be the headspace that you woke up with that yeah. day and we often go that would have been a good podcast you know yeah. it might be that i've kind of pulled you out of a funk or you've given me some great advice in terms of a career decision I need to make that day or you know something for work and then we're like oh like that would have been a podcast so but, but in a way like you know this is very relevant to what we talk about you know it's called fit of food radio granted but you know in between all the nutrition decisions that you make you know what food you have in meal prep and all of that kind of stuff getting your exercise in getting your step counts up hitting your protein target all of these things have to happen amongst life right yeah. like and that's where i think you know the more conversation side of it comes into the mix because yeah like we all know that you know we we should probably eat less of certain things and eat more of other things we could probably all be a bit guilty at times from being a bit sedentary but often it's because life is happening around us you know be it work kids partners bereavements stress lack of sleep whatever the list goes on and i think like the most important thing here is i think having an element of realness 
And I think that's where the conversation side of it comes in. Is yeah. it helpful? Yeah. I think also it's a connection. Like uh, having been on my own, I've just gone to Portugal for a bit of time on my own, which I can talk about. Um, I found I'd be quite happy most of the day. And then it's come to like making my dinner. And then because I'd normally make dinner and eat dinner with you, mm. that's when I would feel like I needed company. Yeah. And I would actually put on a couple of my favourite podcasts. So I quite like Off Air with Jane and Fee, which is the presenters of Woman's Hour, because I grew up listening to that. Like my mum would have it on all the yeah. time. And it just gives me like a sense of comfort. And then they were often talking about things that were happening in the UK and the news. So I kind of got this connection as well back to, to home. And I remember just feeling like half the time I'd only partly listen. Mm. Um, and they have some great guests on. But I just remember feeling like it was company, yeah. you know, when I was on my own. So, yeah. uh, and that's and there's a few podcasts that I use for that. I, I, I Sometimes I want to be educated and I'll be like, I, I know who I'm going to listen to for that kind of information. But sometimes it is, you know, people put the radio on for the same reasons. They want background noise. Um, and just, I don't know, there's something about the voices. So hopefully maybe we're, we're a connection to people and comfort let's hope let's hope um you're doing great yeah (laughs) (laughs) wherever you are you can do it you're amazing yeah it will get better (laughs) this will pass (laughs) (laughs) but i'll tell you what why don't we i think it'd be good to share like why we went awol if you will we just yeah we just went poof gone disappeared that we yeah you know it's off the podcast uh radar anyway yeah um and i think like Essentially, I mean, we, we weren't in a very good place, weren't we? Let's be honest. Like, we've, we've, like, like mentally, I think we were very overwhelmed with a lot of things. We had a lot going on. I think, Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I was a mess. <laughs> um, and and I think we were we were both just very guilty of doing that classic thing of just spinning far too many plates and it was just all getting a bit a bit much wasn't it and we were struggling to to kind of like you know add the structure required if you will to 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 do all the things that we wanted to do which is you know running the business day to day making time for the podcast etc cetera, etc cetera. so um I should probably add um I think I was going through like a bit of a a kind of purpose crisis where mm. I was really trying to figure out we've done some great programs with fit food um I've done a menopause program I've done some weight loss stuff then I was also creaking under the pressure of running a lot of it on my own because you were doing your own projects so you had your strong human stuff that you were doing yeah. and I remember thinking I don't know how sustainable this is um I just feel like I'm 24 7 finish one thing have to start another um and I need to sh- show up every single day and some days you know you just you just don't want to do that like you can you can have your bad days and I'm like if I still have to show up for these big groups of people and I'm passionate about this but I'd also had like ongoing kind of health issues so that was just lurking in the background and causing me quite a lot of kind of health anxiety and stress and then an offer of a job came along and I remember thinking well this is kind of boundaries for me it's Mm. it's like to to have work to have security to have a team and it was working with a health app to help tens of thousands of people so it fit with my purpose um and I, so I took it but I think I had forgotten maybe that I'm not the best person to work <laughs> as part of a big company uh, because it grew very quickly but I suppose considering like you had worked you know we've just you know little old me and, yeah, just, and, and like <laughs> one other person for, for the last however many years yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think I actually piled on 
way more pressure on myself mm. um, than I did when I was working for myself. So I, I made a joke to you and I said, I thought my last boss <laughs> was a bitch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's it, like, she, yeah, then she drove me hard. <laughs> Not me. But weirdly, in, in a bigger company, the pressure of what other people thought of me and other people's performances being compared to mine and then obviously the, the app had investors and financial goals... And I just worked like a demon. Mm. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I didn't have time for podcasts and things. And it took a while. I got COVID in the middle of that. And wouldn't you know, it worked through COVID, stupidly, biggest regret. Yeah. And one of the reasons I did that is because loads of other people worked through COVID, yeah. loads of colleagues. So it kind of became a thing that, oh, so-and-so delivered a talk with COVID, you know. So I almost didn't feel like Probably I could, could take time off. And ultimately, I'm not blaming the company for this. This all comes from my lack of self-esteem and yep. confidence and self-belief. So, But it was a great experience to establish that I still had work to do there. I think that was a really helpful, you know, one of, one of the kind of big things that I took away. Um, and after kind of working really, really hard there for a year, I my health issues just got a lot worse. And then I kind of decided to to kind of, make some big decisions, Yeah. leave the job and book some time off in Portugal on my own. And yeah, go and be a hermit. But like, it's, it's really interesting. You can, honestly, I, I don't even know where that year went. Mm. I just was so busy working so hard and kind of, you know, in some ways chasing, I suppose, a status and other things that really aren't important to me anymore. And in the background, my body was almost fighting me and saying, so after COVID, I, I think, I don't know if anyone else had this experience, but so many things I had when years ago as a kid came back. I got dermatitis, which mm. I've not had since I was 10. Um, and it was all around my mouth. And, you know, I got really stressed about it, didn't I? Because I was like, what sort of nutritionist am I if my like face is covered in this big rash? Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's hot. It, it sounds daft, but there's like a layer of pressure when you work in health. Of course. Do you know what I mean? To, to look and co- to be healthy. Yeah, and look healthy. And what was kind of frustrating about um, the kind of COVID situation is I wouldn't have put myself in a kind of long COVID bracket, but I just had these weird, like, nerve pains, for example. Um, yeah, do you remember Stingy Foot? So the, the day that I knew, which, and you gave me COVID. You know, I really shouldn't. shouldn't you don't, you don't know that for sure. There's <laughs> no way of proving You certainly know that you gave me COVID. <laughs> You basically had a cold, came back from London, you've been in the gym, mm. teaching loads of people. I'm there in my nice little, like... Bubble. Bubble, <laughs> hiding away. And then... But the, interestingly, you didn't test positive, did you, until... Yeah, but ironically, there was a time, if you remember this, prior to this, where I felt like crap. And, you know, I... You kept testing. And, and, I, and I kept testing, testing, testing. Negative, negative, negative. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I've, I've not felt this rough for, for a long, long time. Yeah. And then when I did test positive, it was only because at the time it was like I was I was around people more. So obviously, I'd like, I was pretty much just testing daily, wasn't I, yeah. to, just to make sure it was safe to go into London and, and stuff like that. And all I had at the time, if you remember, was like a sniffle. And it was like, bang, positive. And yeah. I was like, you are kidding. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've got the most minor of colds. Yeah. And, but and, you'd already and, come home by that point, do you remember? And then you were like, I'm positive. Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah, that's right. I got a sore throat about two days later and then I woke up Saturday morning and I remember I'd, I'd not slept all of Friday because my foot was stinging all through the night like someone was sticking a pin in my foot. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, no pain. And that lasted for six months. 
Do you remember? Yeah. I couldn't sleep. Because it would just, it would only start as soon as I fell asleep. And I asked the doctor and he was like, oh, your foot does things in the night where it like just kind of evens out and tissue relaxes. And he didn't know. I don't think um, anyone knew. So like, just, I was like, why did it? Yeah, literally from 10 o'clock till about five in the morning, my foot stings like someone's putting a needle in it. And then I dermatitis, nerve pain in my neck. I think I got gastroparesis now, which is, or, or like silent reflux, everything. I was just, yeah, it ravaged my gut completely. And you got a sniffle and your mum got it at the same oh, time yeah. and her nose ran. Yeah. And so here's me, the one that eats all the greens, oh, yeah. <laughs> goes to bed early and it's just like, No, ugh. safe. But it was, I, I would say that was, that was a real, that not me, because it took me months yeah. to even get to a half decent place with it and I had to do some pretty radical stuff. Well, I suppose like, you know, if, I mean, I can't remember, I'm assuming, you know, because you're, you've had some ongoing health issues for about four, four and a bit years now, haven't you? Yeah. Which I imagine we would have shared on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and, and things got a hell of a lot worse, didn't they, after you got COVID, like, you know, like long COVID. Well, um, yeah, I don't know if you can call it long COVID. It just went on. It did go yeah, on for ages. It, it, yeah. it dragged. Yeah. We'll go with long COVID. Yeah. Um, but I think all of this stuff was like accumulating, wasn't it? And and I think as well as having to, to, to deal with that, you know, you're like, there's the day-to-day running of the business and it all just kind of got a bit much. And hence the reason why, well, this job opportunity came up, right? And it was, I said to you, when you, when you read the, the job description, I was like, wow, like that was as if it was written for you. Yeah. You know, like not only would this be like something you'd be, you're incredibly passionate about, but it's like you do this with your, with your eyes closed. And I think if we were to rewind a little bit, like, because I think what you said earlier was like spot on in that, like, I think a lot of the pressure that is on us, we we put on ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and I think what you did, you went from putting this really high level of pressure on yourself as someone who was self-employed to then putting potentially even more pressure on yourself uh, as an employed person, despite kind of wanting to, to go down that route for like an element of security, uh, potentially more structure to your day because you're like yeah, boundaries, you know? yeah like having that boundary of like, oh well I start work at this time I finish work at this time yeah. and I have my weekends but that didn't happen you know Keris was like working early working late working at weekends because she wanted to you know she you know yeah there was that element of like being passionate about what she did and whatnot but then you know whether you're working for yourself or you're in a job if you lack boundaries it's going to kick your ass yeah. at, at yeah, some yeah. point. You know, like we we have to have boundaries, like regardless of of, of where we're at. And I was going to say, and in my defence, it's the first time I've had like the biggest number of colleagues ever, and there was a little bit of like gaslighting, politics, bitching, which yeah. is just it just oh. happens. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in those types of environments, it's, it's partly it's because everyone's really. everyone's suffering with a similar degree of like insecurity to what I had. Yeah. So and it was competitive, and 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 I think so. There was some of that element, but then what I found my brain did is it invented a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. Like, you know how you think the yeah. whole world's talking about you? Well, I said that to you, I was like, yeah, but you don't know that. No, you don't like, know that. I you know, do. They're, they're, all like, te- no. they're all saying yeah. this. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did start to think, like, everyone... It's mad how your brain thinks. Everyone thinks... You know, everyone's talking about you, and actually everyone's thinking about themselves in the same way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was difficult. And it was one of those companies where there were lots of changes, so quick changes in management, redundancies and all sorts of stuff. So it's kind of scary uh, as well. But at the same time, it was really hard for you. I, I got to a point where I was like, just leave me. <laughs> After COVID, I was like, just I, I leave me. I could work me. out if it was like 
like genuine or a bit of reverse psychology. Like, I was like, does she actually you? want to get rid of me? No, I she's just, trying to flip this. I just thought it's so crap for you. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Nah. But as, again, because after I had that, it was like there was no you're, eating you're, out. You're there too, was no, no, but there was no eating out. There was no traveling again. I literally had to stick to this really strict regime. And I joined some of the COVID groups actually. And, you know, I'm definitely, I was, I was, I was all right compared to some people in terms of, I could still go for my walks. I could still exercise. I didn't have chronic fatigue. I just had these, these just frustrating symptoms. Um, and I did eventually, we, we went back on holiday and I just was so ill. I had to fast mm. for most of the holiday. And that was probably my lowest point. And I came back and, I just remember, like, on a dog walk, lying down in a field and just thinking, I couldn't care, like, if I see tomorrow. I literally couldn't care. And yeah. it wasn't like a, I'm going to take my own life. This is the same. I see this in the COVID groups. I see it in the other groups that I'm in with similar su- symptoms to me. You just can't deal with it anymore. You're just like, yeah. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I've got no life. I've got nothing to look forward to. I'm a stress to myself. I'm a stress to everybody. And what's kind of scary is nobody know, has answers to that but when, once you're yeah. in one of those health situations where every single system is kicked off i've paid to see endocrinologists gastroenterologists yeah. um gynecologists i've i've tried every avenue i've tried surgeons versus you know i've had to go to an upper and a lower gi because yeah. the upper gi specialist won't talk to you about your lower gastrointestinal system which is crazy because yeah. the gut runs from your mouth to your backside you know what i mean and, and yet we have all these departments and yeah and it's just so it's just been an absolute nightmare in terms of not not getting any answers and not finding someone who would like put the pieces together and look at me as a whole person rather yeah. than these separate departments and i understand why we specialize in that way but yeah endocrinologists are about the, the the best i've spoken to because they do hormones are everywhere so they do seem to have a better understanding of everything from gut to you know thyroid to um cardiovascular system and hormones uh, like reproductive hormones but yeah so I think I I got to that really dark place and then really interestingly decided to go down the route which I've now pulled you into which we'll probably talk a bit more about I ended up doing the carnivore diet um because I just couldn't tolerate hardly any food I was um bloated and I was just spoke to Tommy about it and he was like Tommy Wood Tommy Wood what have you got to lose Uh, and I kind of seen some other people doing it but, but that's the thing, right? It was at that point where it was like, you know, you'd seen God knows how many different people. You'd had every possible scan, test and whatnot under the sun that you could get access to. You know, some of it through NHS, some of it private, just to speed things up. And it was getting to that point where, you know, like, not that you wish for this, but you're almost like wanting, you know, you don't want it to be too sinister, obviously, but it's like, but I want them to find something wrong with me. So then at least then it's like, well, this is what's wrong. This is this is how you de- treat it. This yeah, is how you yeah. deal with it. Whereas it was just like, yeah, no, everything looks fine, and it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but clearly it's not, you know. But do, do you remember uh, our podcast with Caroline who had uh, cancer? Yeah. And do you remember her saying that? And I always remember thinking I, I couldn't get my head around the sentence when she said, after you know, a good couple of years, I think it was of back pain, debilitating back pain. They finally found a tumor in her spine, and she yeah. said there was just relief because I knew what it was and, <clears throat> and that there was something I could do about it. And I, I totally get that, having now been... And being in groups with people where we're just, like, we're not getting answers. Mm. It's... The anxiety drives your symptoms so much. And you know that, but you can't stop it. And 
the other thing is, I, what I think COVID did to me is it can, it just really affected my nervous system. And so, you know, anxiety and certain things like that just make the whole thing a lot worse. So anyway, but, but yeah, so I came to round to carnivore diet because, because my nervous system wasn't working. I had to try and find a way of having the most nutrition in the smallest amount of food, um, yeah, to be able to kind of allow and, and, and take out a lot of typical immune system aggregates, which mm. is kind of what that diet does. Um, and I've kind of just swung between that and keto ball now for nearly a year, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's been fascinating. And I know you've kind of joined me a little bit, which yeah. I was like, I'm not going to marry you unless you <laughs> become unless you carnivore. Eat, eat the same diet as me. How would this ever work? <laughs> but, but, that but, was a joke, but, by the way. I know. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I did. I only threw my toys out the pram. I think. Would you agree? I think there's only been about one or two occasions where I've gone um, really like throw my toys out the pram at you, where you were cooking once toast in the kitchen. Do you remember? Oh yeah. You were cooking sourdough mm-hmm. bread, bacon, and, and a coffee had, on like, the go. Coffee on the go. All the like, nicest smelling things in the world. And then you were like, "Oh God, I just love." I love bacon, I love coffee, and I was just like... No, no, I, no, I, I, I asked you, I said, what's your favourite smell? Like, <laughs> toast, bacon cooking, or coffee brewing? Yeah, and that and was then, just head you. And you were like, oh, that's a bit insensitive, considering I can't have any of those things. And and I was like... And I yeah. want all three. <laughs> in, in hindsight, that, that was, was a bit insensitive. I did apologise profusely. But do you know what was interesting is, as I was on, I always thought carnivore initially was a little bit of a craze in terms of some people just love keto, some people just love carnivore, do you know what I mean? And I wasn't doubting that people had results on it. But when I was working in the nutrition clinics in London, we would see people come in who'd had really severe kind of like fungal infections, like mm. athlete's foot or skin infections, um, psoriasis, eczema, gut stuff going on, and they'd gone carnivore. And they'd often come in and say, like, is it healthy? Should I carry on? And, of course, all the nutritionists were like, no way. Like, it can't be. But you couldn't deny that they'd had these amazing transitions. And I think, and that's what, you know, as I was on it, I was like, this is the one thing that brings me symptom relief. Whether I stay on it or not, I don't know. Can I, can I work on the nervous system and repair my gut in the background and maybe add more foods back in? That's kind of where I'm going with it. But so far, every time I try, I end up having to rein it back in. I think histamine is quite a, an issue for me. So whether that's I'm adding foods in that, that kind of trigger that. But what was interesting is watching you on a normal diet have your normal kind of like you know, we'd have friends over and you would drink and you would eat all the crisps and, and you know, and I still make, like, cakes and brownies for all of you. So I did, like, entertain still, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. And you would eat all and then you'd be like, I feel like crap. <laughs> and yeah. it was interesting watching you do that because I was like, I don't. I'm the one that should. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm the one battling these kind of health issues, but, like, it's insane mm. how good I feel um, because there's just no crap going into my body at yeah. all and my blood sugars are so well regulated. But, but that was also part of the frustration though, wasn't it? Because, you know, like I obviously got to saw, I got to see like the, the full extent of what was going on with you, right? But then to kind of an outsider looking in, you know, they might see on social media like you've been for a run or, you know, we're out and about and everyone are looking at you like, but, yeah, but you look fine, like you, yeah, you look yeah. great. Even the even gastroenterologists don't take yeah, it very seriously. Because they're like, you, know, you, know, what, like you, know, you, look, you look like a picture of health. I'm and, like, I'm at wit's end. They're like, but you look really good. 
And it's only because I know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you were so proactive. Like, and, and this is what was, again, part of the frustration. And because I hate to say it, like, a lot of people, you know, they just rely solely on, like, medical interventions. You know, what pill can I take? You know, what, what can I do to sort this out? Whereas you were, like, going deep, as you would with, like, your clients, you know, what's the root cause of this? What other things can be changed to, to, to help make this better? As well as medicine. You know, you know, like, medicine's bloody amazing, but, you know, don't don't just rely on it. Like, you know, also, what else could be done? What's really interesting, though, is it's a journey that, although it's, like, so I'm just making this about me, we need to talk about you. Me, 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 <laughs> yeah. me. No. Um, it's all about you. As much as it's been, like, a really really friggin' tough, I can't lie, and, and I've, yeah, I've come close to, like, giving up on a number of levels, including my career, because I'm like, I can't do it. I've actually learned huge amounts, I'd say more than any, more, I've had to do more research than ever about the human body, which has then yeah. allowed me to help a number of clients, and I always have this weird thing where I will have a symptom, and I kind of address it, and then I'll get a client with that same health issue. It's just a weird thing. And it's interesting because yeah. I once had a guy and he was like, how do you know so much? I was literally yeah. talking through endoscopies and everything. <laughs> I was like, because I've just been through it all, yeah. which I really wish wasn't the case, but it is. Um, but from, you mentioned medicine. And one thing I want to raise is that because I did the research, there's so many things outside of NHS that we can now get. Um, it's not even outside of NHS. It's via NHS that I've got a few of them. Yeah. Treatments that you'll never be offered if you go to a GP and a consultant. So, for example, I went and tried medical cannabis via NHS because I had a diagnosis. I had, like, I've got... Once you have a diagnosis, you can now go to Sapphire Clinic in London and you can try it. And I have to say it was one of the most, well... The, the, the duty of care I received there was next level. Like, four consultants reviewed all of my stuff, my health history, had an hour-long consultation, and then you'll talk through how to take basically um, CBD oil in the day and THC overnight and it's really specific dosing and, and it was, it was you know, amazing. And no one really knows that, you know. I've, no. I've spoken to a few people about it recently who are using it for primary insomnia, um, anxiety, any inflammatory condition, arthritis, all those sorts of things. Um, and similarly, another drug that um, medication that I tried was low-dose naltrexone, which is used a lot in America. And when I went to a gastroenterologist here, he was like, how did you get this? And how did you know about it? And it was just do my own research. And so I really encourage people to think outside the box. And some of the groups that you join on Facebook with your condition, yes, it can be a bit overbearing, but I, the way I try and use them is I crowdsource things to try um, and look for specialists in there and stuff. And they've been really helpful. And But you do have to watch. You're in a group of people that are very anxious and yeah, struggling with similar symptoms to you. but. There are just so many more options out there than were ever offered. Um, and some things have worked. And I think the low-dose naltrexone got rid of my dermatitis, um, I'm pretty sure. And the, the cannabis didn't so much work for me. I just, um, it really helped me sleep. But that, that kind of, you know, I've also used melatonin for that as well. So, but it didn't, it didn't kind of change the gut stuff, which they said it might help with your nervous system. It might, it works as a muscle relaxant. Um, but I've never, ever touched drugs. And I just found it, I was quite sensitive to it and it made me quite groggy and dizzy and so I just didn't and that was only overnight so I could have persisted but in the end um I kind of just went down the route of of carnivore and that seemed to kind of reset me in a way well we could like link all this in now because yeah sorry I've gone off on no 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 no, you haven't at all like we've got a lot to catch up (laughs) we've got a lot to tell the people but 
you know, obviously with all this going on and, and going on for so long, you know, it was like you start running out of options, right? And you're a bit like, okay, so what's next? You know, like what what's the other thing that we can do? And a, a link that we definitely made was that, you know, when your when your stress levels were up, like if like, you know, your your anxiety was up, like there was definitely a and you know, and it had an increase in your symptoms, wasn't there? Like, you, you know, yeah, yeah. we could definitely make that link. And I think it all tied in, same with anyone, you know, if it affects, you know, if you're stressed, it's harder to sleep, if you're not sleeping, like you're tired and then you're more stressed, etc. And we were kind of looking at it as like, you know, like what can we do to alleviate this stress and anxiety that you're feeling right now so that you can just really focus on getting better, yeah. you know, like rem- taking that, you know, removing that, or removing you from that situation and replacing you in a different environment. And, you know, as we've mentioned uh, in the past, like Keris Mama Dad got a place in Portugal and they had kind of said, like, why don't you just come out to Portugal for a stretch? You know, just take some time off, you know, like, uh, and just, yeah, like, you know, sunshine, sea, you know, sleep, etc. And it, I think it just started off as a bit of a, oh, yeah, why don't you try this to... And actually, why don't you try this? You know, why don't you, like, step away? You know, because for as long as I've known Keris, like, she's always been a grafter, like, in, in some shape or form. You know, she'd graft in the gym, like, she'd graft at work, and then we started running a business together. It was graft, graft, graft. And... Yeah, as, as have you. And I would say, like, I still carry a bit of guilt for doing this yeah, without but, you being but, able but, to join, enjoy me in that experience. No, and I understand that, you know, and, I, and I'd, I'd imagine as much as I was reassuring you, I probably would have felt the exact same, you yeah. know, like, but I've kind of felt like, you know, this was the one thing that we hadn't really tried. Like we haven't like hadn't dealt with the stress and, and got got to the to the root cause of things there. And and if we could help manage the stress better and, and get you focusing on you a bit more, you know, could that help? And you know, like you've always been such a selfless person. And it's funny how like something that's considered a very nice trait, you know, someone's very caring, considerate of others, you know. All... It's quite destructive. It's, it's very destructive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very destructive yeah. on, on so many levels. And for years and years and years, and this goes beyond, you know, the, the time that I've known you, like you've just been a giver, like you give, give, give. And that over time just takes away from you. And, and it kind of just felt like it had just accumulated over time and your body was just a bit like, like, you know, I, I just, like, you know, I, I don't really know what to do right now because my defences are low and, and I've got all this stuff going on. And we we really focused on the, on getting you out to Portugal, didn't we? For, yeah, for, for I, a... I did forget to say, actually, just before I switched to Carnival, I don't know if you remember, I did um, uh, a stint of CBT so cognitive behavioural therapy with hypnotherapy. Mm. And that was a real game changer for me. I, yeah. I got the right person. I've tried various different talking therapies and <clears throat> some have worked and some not so much. I wouldn't say many have worked because I don't ever think I've found the right person. But this time I found someone who just, we clicked and it was it just made a huge difference in terms of allowing me at that time. I was still in the job. I was still dealing with some symptoms. I was trying to transition my nutrition, which was quite difficult. Um, Carnival's not the most social um, diet to be on. And she was just hugely helpful in terms of just giving me perspective, allowing me to reframe things. Um, and yeah, and then I had a, a 
basically use the hypnotherapy sessions and they were just really helpful for sleep. So I do those before going to bed, sometimes in the afternoon. And there was, she managed to kind of flip a switch in me that got me, that gave me hope. I think it's, it's the main thing. You Obviously you have a negative bias when you're in a di- really difficult place. Um, and I'd got to a point where I was, I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to get better. And she really helped me not think like that. And you know, got me catching myself saying words. So it was more like when I get better. And and it was that that was really powerful for me. And yeah, and I think I, I got some boundaries back as a result in terms of protecting myself a little bit more and started to understand the reason that I do, I think, a certain way. So I managed to kind of connect the dots with it. And I've continued that. So when I was in Portugal, I actually saw someone who suggested... Um, physiotherapist said I think you need somatic therapy as well as talking therapy so somatic therapy is where they get you to actually go inside your body and start to find where you've got pain and tension and um and a lot of this can come from past traumatic events and difficult experiences and I hadn't really thought about as well as everyone's had trauma in childhood teenage years difficult experiences most people have um but actually the the illness itself it's the blinking investigative work that is like each one is another trauma do you know what I mean I love that word blinking blinking out well it's just like you know every every MRI scans for example how much do you hate an MRI scan I don't you're claustrophobic and I I just like yeah I've got to a point where I I pray that I never have to have one again (laughs) the level of anxiety it brings me the CT scan they put stuff in you you know what I mean they go you're going to feel like you're weeing yourself and you're like what is this you know this radioactive stuff going into my body what try and react to it and Um, you know, endoscopy is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life, oh, yeah. uh, hands down. Because I did one without sedation and that was, Oh, yeah. God, I really felt for you after that. But do you remember the, well, <laughs> I might have mentioned this on the podcast, when I had a manometry, which is one going down my nose to check my esophageal sphincter. Yeah. And it was just at the start of COVID and the hospital was empty. We went on a Saturday and it deserted. Oh, yeah, So yeah, we were yeah, like imagine, only yeah. doing kind of essential tests. And this guy came and I remember thinking, this is really weird. The hospital's kind of empty. And he did, started it and sprayed my throat. And he was like, you're going to, you might feel like you can't breathe. But weirdly, like, I, I had already jumped to, no, 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 I'm having an allergic reaction to this yeah. anaesthetic. My throat's closing. I can't breathe. You don't understand. And there's no one in the hospital because you've closed the hospitals because they're going to be like, yeah. literally. And I remember going into a panic. Yeah. And then and then he was great because he was like, he talked me through how to breathe. He was like, no, you can. Breathe through your nose. And I was like... Oh yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember like that's so traumatic. Like that's a mini trauma, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there was several things like that, like more I mean my wisdom teeth out, same thing, like horrific. Where, you know, I just I thought she's gonna break my jaw at what you know, about four hours in and she's still drilling and she's like, Oh my gosh, you've got a big infection, the jaw's like in your jaw and I'm gonna have to clean that out and, and I could almost see her face like yeah. worried and I remember thinking that was probably another you're just ticking trauma off yeah and well so, you were so emotional afterwards I remember like crying, you I? just crying pretty much non-stop not through pain either I just couldn't stop crying no like, she did say to though didn't she that removal of your wisdom teeth because what, what was it linked to that so there's a link and then she said you might just feel quite emotional after this yeah I think she just said it's like a release um anyway but then listen to the somatic... I've listened to some books on somatic experiencing, as it's called. So one is Peter Levine's Waking a Tiger. Another one is Radical Acceptance by Tara Brack. Both amazing reads, by the way, if you're in this position of... 
chronic health issues and and kind of anxiety and anything like mental health issues I think they're brilliant um and I've had to go back into my body and do lots of kind of exploration um anyway one of on a tangent again Soz no not at all not at all I think like oh but what I was going to say is I don't think I realized how every decade you're stacking stuff in and if you one of the problems for me is I think as a teenager I established a pattern of um studying yeah um exercising looking after people is on my coping mechanisms for really difficult situations that are taking place so I work really hard I think I just made this link if I you know we had some issues at home and I thought if I work really hard and get good A levels it'll make everyone happy yeah um you know if I if I'm successful in in my career it'll make everybody happy if I look pretty and nice and you know I it will make everybody happy do you know what I mean pretty and nice thank you (laughs) <laughs> I definitely don't feel it but if I look a certain way do you know I mean it makes everybody yeah. happy and and over time and then I added an exercise when I was about 19 so then it got to be like now if I run and, and, and then if I eat these foods yeah. and then if I work really hard and then it just keeps keeps like these are the things that I need to do mm. to keep life good to cope to know that I'm on I'm doing good you know and and then like I said and then give up everything to make sure everyone's happy and, and I had this thing where I go I'd sit down on the sofa and I almost go, is mum happy? Is dad yeah. happy? Do the brothers need me? Do any friends need me right yeah. now? Does Matt need me? Should I be doing something for Matt right now? And that, literally I can't, that's, and the, the, sorry, this is, I know what I was going to tell you. The thing that came out of my somatic experience in session was she said, you're not responsible for everyone yeah. else's happiness. Yeah. And that's been like, what a long journey to figure out that one sentence. Because <laughs> that's something that I thought. But the thing is though, is like, I think deep down you knew that, right? But I think knowing and truly believing and buying into something are, are completely different things. Like, I think there's a lot of things that we know, but I think until you've really made that connection yourself, it's just words. I don't know that I had made that connection because I can still be triggered. No, but, I, but I, I, I had said, I had been saying to you, like, not to, uh, you know, I mean, you could have saved yourself a fortune, you know, yeah. you could have just come to me. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember goodness gracious me? No, well, you, you should have come to me. No, no I, I get it much cheaper. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I, you know, I'd often say to you, like, you know, like that they're not your responsibility. Like it's not your responsibility to fix them. And and even with your clients, for example, like yes, they've come to you and they've paid you, but yeah. you can't do the things for them. No, no. You know, like you can help them, and you can you can help other people to a degree, but. You know, it's not your sole responsibility. Your purpose for being is to not just not to fix everyone around you. That, yeah. That's on them. You know, they're they're adults yeah. and they have that responsibility. And do, you know, do you know what it doesn't have the same weight when you say it? I think is because I know you, you have my. You, you didn't pay for it. <laughs> no, because you have my best interests at heart, and you can see that it's having a negative effect on me. But yeah. I always, because in my it's head, like, I always like you would say that. Oh, yeah, would you would say that. that. Yeah. yeah, like you would say, oh, you, yeah. you look lovely today. Well, you would say that type of thing. Whereas when someone completely external, objective, with that kind of professional expertise says it, um, I guess it just has, and it shouldn't have more weight, but I guess it just does. But also leading up to that had been a ton of discussions about how did you get here? Do you see what I mean? So it's like, what is it with work? What is it with exercise? What is it Mm. with control? Like, why do you feel the need to control everything? Including at one point, you know, I was trying to control you, my parents, in terms of what you ate and what you did, because I'm like, you need to stay healthy. You need to do this. Micromanaging everything. 
yeah. forcing. It is. It is. And and it's like, but weirdly, you know, I always knew it came from a good place with you. You know, like if you were a bit like, oh, you know, do you think you should rein the, uh, the bread consumption in a little bit? Like it, it came from a good place. Like, not that bread's the devil, but... No, no, but this but, is something you'd, like, farted for two minutes yeah. straight. And, 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 and like, you, you, <laughs> maybe that was the bread or the And, and like you say, like, you, you, you put up with... You're the one who's there hearing me going, like, oh, God, I'm so bloated, or, oh, God, you know, like, I feel I feel a bit, ugh, after, you know, drinking all that Guinness or, or whatever. And then, you know, so for you, it's almost like, oh, you know, remember what happened the last time when you smashed loads of bread and drank loads of Guinness? Like, you know, your guts were, weren't happy for a couple of days. And But again, you know, it's that kind of, like... But that's my responsibility to to kind of make those changes yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. And um, and I think, you know, that was a big part of your journey, wasn't it? Like, you know, with going off to Portugal and, and stuff like that was being able to to look within, if you will, and just have like a an opportunity to remove yourself from your, your everyday environment. So take yourself out of the work scenario. Take yourself away from me as well, you know, like it... Um, and just kind of like like have the time and the headspace to kind of look at like you know what what's going to be the best for me right now you know and, and like you said earlier I, I I kept saying to Keris like like I was so proud of her for going to Portugal and doing what she did whereas a lot of people might be thinking well couldn't been that hard she just buggered off to Portugal for a couple of months like what, what what what's there to be proud of but I know how hard that would have been for you to be able to you know, actually do that and actually switch off when you were there. And, it, yeah, you, you you definitely had, like, an element of guilt, like, very strong guilt in the, the beginning. But then I think as it went on, it kind of subsided and, and whatnot because, you know, it was my mission to make sure that you weren't just, like, dealing with the same shit but in a different country because then it was a bit like, well, what's the point of that? But it's all, also, it got to a point where the other thing that I was so conscious of for you is everything was getting so expensive because I had all of this I've had mm. self-fund because it was basically we didn't have private health and I couldn't get it because it's all pre-existing. And the guilt around that, you know, yeah. all of these private appointments, we must be, I don't, I've definitely gone past 50k. <laughs> in, in the five years now, it's definitely gone past 50k probably. 50? I reckon. No. Do you reckon? Well, now you one, exaggerated. Well, one surgery was seven, so... Yeah, but no, I think you... I don't know. Hers, you, you, you might be doing that hers, fish, you know, that fisherman, you know, yeah. it, was, it was this big. 30, then. I don't know. It was, it, you know, let's, let's not dwell <laughs> on the amount. But, you know, like, it, it, let's let's just say it was... It, it was, was a, a wedding. It was, it's the it was reason we're not married. It was, it was a decent chunk of dough. Yeah. But, it's a shocker uh, that you proposed halfway through it, because it's like... You spent the fees on private gastro appointments and you're, tests. You're, and yeah. you'd, you'd do the same for me. Yeah, I would, I would. I'd sell the house for you. Oh. But I was about to say, the guilt on all of that and the pressure, I was just like, I just need to try and fix this, and this is the one thing I've not tried. Um, so, yeah. But I, I was going to say, what do you... Like, you should talk a bit about your journey in terms of where, where have you been in the last year? Well, we could probably save it. <laughs> you do the next episode. The next episode, yeah, because... <laughs> You know, we could end up doing a Joe Rogan yeah. and having like a three hour long podcast. <laughs> Actually, if we just do on that this. note though, um I have to say if you if um if you haven't listened to Asim Dr. Asim Alhotra on Joe Rogan, um it was recommended on Rob Wolf's podcast, I heard it, 
and I absolutely loved it and I think everyone should listen to that episode. Yeah. Whether you like Joe Rogan or not, he's actually very quiet on that episode. I like I, I think Joe Rogan is quite good at knowing when to keep them. Yeah. I think I like, you can always tell when he's very interested in his guests because he just doesn't say a huge amount. Yeah, yeah. You know, because no, no. he's just like, he's absorbing, he's listening, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, oh, I did also just want to mention one other thing, which was someone else sent me Russell Brand's appearing on Stephen Bartlett's Diary of the CEO podcast. Yeah, that was good. And what I really liked was, I, I listened to it when I was out in Portugal, is at the very beginning he talks about having, you know, an instruction booklet. And that's very much what, that really resonated with me because I felt like I downloaded this instruction booklet as a teenager of yeah. what I needed to do, what I should be and how I should act. Mm. And I was just sticking to it so rigidly. And he says, you have to go out of your environment mm. and... You know, once you're stuck in a cycle, and I, there was definitely elements of addiction in what I was doing in terms of I had these, um, you know, a bit OCD about things. So yeah, you wouldn't say I was, you know, a, an alcoholic or anything like that. But there's definitely addictive tendencies. Yeah. Work is one of them. But, Pleasing but, people, you but, know, but thing, not letting people down. Everything to a degree came back to like seeking external validation. Yeah, yeah. rather than like, like validating yourself. Yeah, or seeking comfort because. I was being so hard on myself. Yeah. So there was a slight addiction to peanut butter yes. going on. It's like I was like carnivore plus peanut Could butter. Could be worse for substances it's, to be addicted to, but, but still. Um, and coffee, which is probably the worst thing for me at that point in time as well. So I was still in this cycle and, and running. So I was like, get up, have a strong coffee, run, eat way too much peanut butter that day, repeat, work too hard, you know. And, and but, just... but again, like this, this is why, like, you know, these things can become so complex because you knew and you kept saying it, you kept saying... What the flip am I doing? What am I doing? But at the same time, like, I got it because I was like, it feels like the, the one or two or very few pleasures in your life right now come in the form of exercise, coffee and nut butter. <laughs> and it's almost like, who am I as your partner that wants you to be happy and healthy to go, Keris, like, you, you know, you really shouldn't be having those things. Yeah, yeah. You really shouldn't be exercising. I mean, it wouldn't have gone down very well with you if I did, no, kind of like no. put my foot down. But in hindsight, you know, maybe I should have been a bit more firm about that kind of stuff with yeah. the view that it's like, well, but for me, it was like, God, like, I suppose I just had too much, like, empathy. It was like, oh, she's cut out so much other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, what, what you know, they're, in the grand scheme of things, like, is this such a big deal? But, but that, that, that was just going, to back, going back to the podcast, what he says, it's like Russell Brand, obviously, self-confessed sex addict, heroin mm. addict, alcoholic, and he said, I'm just a wanting blob. <laughs> and it really stuck with me because that's what I was. It was like, if I'm, I have to either be working, doing fixing, helping someone yeah. or eating or drinking, or looking forward to my next food fix of some sort. Um, I'm lucky that carnivores work because I do actually quite like, you know, roast chicken and, and baked fish. I don't yeah. actually do true carnivore, as most people do it. We can talk more about it. In the next one, we'll do a whole episode on it, yeah. To be fair, I think the next episode will be banging. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just eat, like, a variety of proteins, but... I look forward to it, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. if, if, if I have to sit and eat, like, something crap, I'm just like, well, that's just ruined my day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, why do I put so much, like, why is food so important to me? And it is this external yeah. that dopamine hit that I'm getting. Anyway, <clears throat> if you do listen to the podcast with him, in the very middle he does go a bit ranty, doesn't he? Kind of political, religious beliefs. As he does. As he does. But the very end of it also kind of really stuck with me because what I discovered in Portugal 
is I started to wake up. I saw an amazing physio who's got me doing like abdominal massage every day because she said it's so clear you just take everything to your gut and tense and your diaphragm. And so she did some serious deep work releasing it all. Um, and, and then asked me, she said every morning, get up and have this little very cool like rollerball of chamomile oil and do a little massage on my stomach every day. But then I started to add in some breathing exercises and some stretches. I have kept that going every single day since I mean she was a great physio and really like she just like you know you just meet someone a proper girl crush on her she was amazing <laughs> but she also did like visceral visceral work she knew about everything from thyroid to digestive health and, and stuff and she's given me a physio routine to do and I've done it and what I've realized is uh, so I stopped the coffee in Portugal and I, every day I wake and I do that routine and then I go for a walk and I would take in the kind of you know I go to the coast I go to the beach I play music and and just like breathe like nature in and I've kept that going since I got home so I was like I can do this at home and I wake up and I put my nice chill out music on I do my massage do my stretches and then head out with Hamish and it's a it's a thing that's grounding me and centering me and and so I'm and what Russell Brand said, the same thing. He, he doesn't do yoga, breath work, cold exposure, warm exposure. So I think just saunas and cold water therapy. Um, and he does BJJ. These are things that keep him grounded yeah. and connected. And then he's able to be a good human being. And for me, I've got to figure out that balance of what's going to keep me grounded and connected, but not become, I want to go and run a half marathon. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So, so without pushing into that kind of like competitive kind of like a beasting yourself yeah you know it's like it's like finding a different way of escaping yeah and and, and also ch- as chasing status again i want mm. this time for a race i want to beat everyone at this i want to be faster on strava and i don't know it's it's all those things now like that i need to kind of assess are these are these helping me grow or are these putting me back into kind mm. of fear and protect mode because yeah. a great quote i came across recently with bruce lipton is your body can only be doing one or the other yeah. your cells can only be either in protect mode because they're fighting a disease a pathogen yeah. or a toxin or whatever or they can be in growth mode and fixing and restoring yeah. and i think and that transfers to your mental health 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think like that that in that in itself is very much a journey isn't it are you in able... growth mode right now or are you in protect mode oh so much growth i think you're in growth mode you're seeing the size of my arms yeah and massive you're in hench, you're in hench mode <laughs> i'm joking um, you're in growth, but, growth hormone mode <laughs> yeah but oh uh, naturel thank yeah. you very much yeah. you know yes. don't, don't start blinking putting that out there no, I, get, I, mean, I, get, I mean natural growth hormone i get enough of that as I it is haters yeah. Harris did say actually she said you should do a test yeah you should do a drug I test and, and film it because i do i do get it a lot and it's weird because i used to get really wound up about it because yeah. i used to think like how dare you yeah. Accused me of such a thing. They used to call you Roids in rugby, didn't they? But yeah, my nickname at rugby was Roids, yeah. Which, <laughs> um, which was quite funny because at first I just thought it was a joke. And then I remember one day we were at like a, an end of season booze up, if you will. And um, we all got chatting about it. And then I found out that actually it's because they all thought I was on steroids. Oh, really? Seriously? And I was like, oh. Right. You thought it was a compliment, <laughs> yeah. actually. But it kind of is a compliment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Because it's like, well, he must be on something to, 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 look, like to look like that. So it is a compliment. I do get, I still, I still get a bit irritated if people say it, especially if they go on about it. Yeah, yeah. But something I've realised like, is well, that... even barbers say it to you, don't they? Yeah. They're going to be air cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a, a barber started saying to me, he was like, oh, so I've got some... Uh, 
questions for you. Like, I'd like a bit of guidance on, like, taking steroids. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I'm just not your man. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, no, no, just a bit of advice. I was like, oh, yeah, but, like... I couldn't I, tell I, you. I don't take them. I never have. I've got zero experience, so... I literally cannot help you. Yeah. And um, he then, like, I think he was a bit like, oh, God, I've offended him. Which he kind of did, to be fair, because I was like, that was a massive... Um, what's the word? Well, it's a kind of intrusive. Assumption. Yeah, Assumption. Like yeah, and I was a bit like, wow, okay. So, yeah, maybe I will, you know. And then, you know, that could be my first YouTube video. That's what people do, don't they? That yeah. kind of stuff. Here's my test results. Yeah. So, yeah. I think mostly, like, I would just never be with someone that did that kind of stuff. I just, we, we, we worked in a gym where it did oh. not end well. Uh, yeah, it does, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just... And I mean, like, as in yeah, death. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I would never, like, that stuff, yeah. You know, like, um, but what was, <laughs> I, I was going to say? I think bread is dangerous enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only thing, I, like, something I come to terms with is, like, if someone is so convinced of something, doesn't matter what you say, they're going to, be, they're, 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 they'll believe it anyway. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? If someone's like, oh, they're, they're definitely on the juice... Like, even if you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. They'd be like, yeah, mm, yeah, of course you're not. And also, I think it's quite, like, it's way more popular than I thought it was. I think Instagram is kind of shown that instead, yeah. but I don't know. Um, cool, that was a whopping tangent. Yeah. Where were we? <laughs> Royce. I don't know. Where were we? <laughs> oh, we're talking about growth. We're talking about growth. Growth, that was it. Growth yeah, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you made me massively lose my train of thought there. Sorry. Well, you did. You, you I did. I, I, I lost it myself. Um, but yeah, I think, like, what was so important for you was, and this is something we recommend to a lot of people, and it's, it's not easy. Look, at the end of the day, change is tough, right? And we've still got life to get on with. We've got family, we've got work, you know, all of these things. But sometimes, you know, you, you've got to make that dis- difficult decision to do something that's just pretty drastic, I think. And I think, you know, for you, going to Portugal for a couple of months was 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 drastic. You know, it's and it took a, a lot of planning and prepping. It wasn't like, right, two doors, I'm off. You know, and we had to like save for it and plan for it and, and get some things in place. And yeah, I think like both of us went on a journey though, right? And I think we can maybe leave this podcast on that. Yeah. Because I think we both learned a lot from your time in Portugal because I had like kind of like built it up to be this thing like this is Keris's journey, you know, this is for Keris, you know, Keris needs to get better. And it was all about you. But actually, it's like, well, no, like this is this is also an opportunity for me to go on a journey as well because I'm going to be home on my own for a couple of months and it's never that's never been done before. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, like I, I learned a lot about myself. There was a lot of growth on my part there. Um, so it very much became a, a journey for both of us, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, episode 176. Yeah. Cool, blimey. We're if you have any requests, guys, of things that you would like us to cover, mm. update you on, anything, be it educational or conversational. Holla. Yeah, let us know. Give us some inspo. But we have got a lot to to catch up on, haven't we? Oh, yeah. It's almost like so tempted just to keep going. <laughs> you know, now we're back. But no, we'll keep it under an hour, guys. We said we would. Um, well, there we go. We've got off to a flying start. Yeah. We've done what we said we were going to do. On time. We're committed. Disciplined. Boundaries. Look at that. So, Fitties, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, thank you so much to everyone who's you know messaged us over the years. You know, lots of like positive feedback. It does truly mean the world because you know we're we're, we're not big time. You know, we you know we're we're happy being little old Matt and Keris and Hamish and, and a fit of food. Yeah, little. Yeah, just a figure of speech. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but it does mean a hell of a lot knowing that you guys a you know do enjoy the episodes and that you've actually missed us it's nice to be missed yeah um and also you know we were reading some of the reviews beforehand as well so thank you very much to everyone who's taken the time to, to leave us a review if you haven't done so already thought it out get reviewing you can't ask that <laughs> you've not been here for a year i know i know but i just did yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll leave it keep going later. big love guys and we will see you all very very soon bye bye